With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Okay, everyone, we are back on now. It seems that we had a bit of an issue again. Okay, so as I said, we are having on our show Mr. Andrew Morrison. I am just going to bring on our co-host right away, Mr. Jay Logan. Jay, how are you? I'm doing wonderful. How are you doing out there? Well, I was doing well, Jay, until we had some problems getting in here on the uh, show. But I think we're doing well. Uh, Mr. Morrison is waiting on for our show right now, and I'm ready to get started. Let's get that energy moving. Before we bring him on, I'd like to know how it's doing out there in San Francisco. We had a bit of a chill storm out here. It was really cold, and a lot of people, uh, uh, unfortunately, are not with us due to the cold and thermal weather. So we're not used to this out here, but we're going to recover this weekend. It should be warming up here, and we'll be back to... The old California ways, but it's been cold out here, Gil. Well, I'm, I don't feel bad for you because you know that San Francisco is a little unfair to what New York has to go through, okay? You guys have great weather all year round. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's a different so kind of cold. I'm sorry. I, I, can't, I can't feel too bad for you, Mr. Logan, because you're teasing <laughs> us when it's at the end of your summer. You know what I mean? So that's a little unfair, Okay. So we get to laugh a little bit this time. Well, Jay, we have a great guest on today, and I think without further ado, we should bring him on, don't you? Yeah, I really, 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 I really think we should. Let's bring him on. Um, hey, okay, Gail. let's. Yes. Yeah. Um. Also, I have something to tell you after we after he leaves. I have something to tell you. Christmas is almost here, and I just. Well, I well want to talk. we can talk about Christmas here moment because we have Mr. Andrew Morrison. Mr. Morrison, welcome to the show again. We're sorry for our technical uh, difficulties here. Uh, no problem. Uh, thank you so much, Gil, for having me. Oh, it's amazing having you, Andrew, and I think everyone will enjoy what you have to say. And, you know, we can't wait to hear about your trip to Botswana. It, I, you know, we're just really excited about that one. 
So, thank you know, you. without further ado, Andrew, you know, we'd like to um, first say thank you for being on the show again with us, and we'll call this part two. And we really have a fun-filled show today with you, Andrew, so we hope you'll have a lot of fun with us as well. So, Jay, are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. Hello, Andrew. Hello. How are you doing, Jay? I'm doing great. Well, you know, Andrew, we know you have a company called Small Business Camp, and it stretches into many areas from small business to education with youth. Now, we have a lot of questions for you, so we don't want you to give too much away, Andrew. So one of the questions that I have for you is, how does Small Business Camp support entrepreneurs? Well, it was created by an entrepreneur for entrepreneurs, and I was you know, frustrated with the typical training programs they really kind of left people uh, motivated, and they left a long a laundry list of to-do items, but never really had the space to actually get them done. So I decided let me kind of create a two-day, three-day uh, weekend intensive program where entrepreneurs can walk in with simply an idea and leave with all the marketing tools that they wanted to create o- over a long period of time. So from a website uh, to a press release to um, building a team to, to a business plan, uh, a social media strategy, you know, a Facebook page. All the things that are entrepreneurs' to-do list, uh, Small Business Camp uh, provides the tools and also the space to get them done. Wow, that's, that's very interesting. What, what, are, what are some of the things a person should know before starting their business? Uh, Andrew, I know you heard that question before, so I'd like to ask you that. <clears throat> what are some of the things they should know before starting their business? Well, well first of all, I'm beginning to actually move away from the word business because it's used a lot in uh, the older I get, the less I even know what, what, what that word means. Um, people need to destroy the word uh, business and look at it as a project. A project has um, you know, beginning dates and end dates. A project requires input. A project gives you um, output. Uh, a project is focused on solving a particular problem. And so the entrepreneurs out there who are listening right now, you should move away from trying to start a business to uh, simply solving a particular problem. Like your number one search right now is you're searching for customers. Andrew, yeah, I read your your latest blog that speaks about entrepreneurs being shy about sharing ideas. And I know many entrepreneurs have been taking advantage of this when starting their ideas or ideas um, that have been used by others. What do you think about this, and what advice would you give concerning sharing ideas? Yeah, I mean, you know, I take a very different um, approach in that, you know, if God has really given something to you, really no one can take it away from you. I'm not saying to be foolish and and you give away uh, all of your intellectual property, but, you know, realize the importance of trade secrets because what's occurring is that people um, are limiting their ability to connect with other people because they're not really sharing their ideas. Uh, The article, the blog post I recently put up about opportunities in Botswana, I list probably a dozen ideas in three or four sentences. It gives people a sense of Mm -hmm. direction of the idea, but it really doesn't give you a plan when it comes to implementation. So people need to learn how to describe ideas, but don't really necessarily give away the secret sauce, because by you describing ideas effectively, you can begin to attract investors and also team members. 
Interesting. Wow. 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 Um, you know, that, that's, that's interesting. You said something about describing ideas, Andrew. Can you say a little bit more about that? Yeah, I mean, you know, ultimately your idea should be focused on a customer. Um, many people want to jump to talking about their business. Well, on a fundamental level, you know, people don't really care about your business. I mean, uh, your business is run on customers. You know, it was Tony Brown who said everyone needs customers. Just try to buy your own product or service. I mean, so, so no one could buy their own product or service and still be in business. And so you have to really be focused on the customer. So before you jump to a conclusion, talking about your business, talk about the customer needs. Talk about the customer frustrations. Talk about the customer uh, problems. Uh, the closer and closer you get mm-hmm. to, the, to the customer, um, the better understanding you have of his or her needs, the better you can tailor uh, your business to meet those needs. Wow. Well, Jay, I know you had a question. Yeah, well, could you tell us a little bit about Small Business Weekend Camp? I was excited about that in Tampa, Florida. You know, I'm freezing out here, Andrew, out in California, but you can ready to go to Tampa, Florida. Could you tell us about this coming up next win- this winter? Yeah, um, you know, I probably do camps uh, three or four times a year. Oftentimes I do them um, at the request of, of various organizations, but I have one coming up at the end of um, January. And it's in Tampa, Florida, because I did a speech in Tampa. I think it was in September. Um, and people in there wanted to engage me at a more, um, you know, intimate uh, level. But, um, you know, you come in on Friday, you can have you know, an idea. And by Saturday afternoon, we help you kind of sort through your ideas and really kind of give you a step-by-step plan on how to make those ideas uh, happen. Then by Sunday, it's our launch day. By Sunday, you should be launching something. You could be launching um, your ebook. I've helped people write, you know, books in the weekend. You could be launching a new uh, web page. It really helps to build your database. You can be um, developing a PR strategy. So everyone's experience is, is customized to uh, where they are and also what's next for them. That's great. Wow. That's great. And, that is, and it's great. That's, well, you know, one of the things, uh, one of the things um, I wanted to say is that, you know, that weekend camp really brings us into the next thing. I wanted to go into your trip a little bit, um, Andrew, if that's okay with you about Botswana. Sure, absolutely. Okay. You took a trip to Botswana. Would you share with our audience, you know, what you did while you were there? And don't give too much because Jay and I have some more questions, but we just want to know what you did while you were there, you know, like some of the fun things and, and, and what your primary reason was for going. Well, um, you know, fun isn't in my vocabulary, but uh, I, went, I went through in business. <laughs> uh, I, I didn't go there as a uh, as a tourist. But um, let me take a step back. That, that fun is in my vocabulary because, um, you know, no one dies from working too hard. You, you die from a lack of um uh, relaxation, and so I'm able to you know, develop a lifestyle where I'm always able to travel, uh, support people, and also relax at the same time. But basically, I went there in conjunction with um, the ambassador um, to um, the U.S. from uh, Botswana, Her Excellency uh, Dr. Um, Seretsi, and also the honorary counsel to Botswana. His name is uh, Robert Shoemake. In addition, uh, Adrian Lance Lucas, who is the um, chairwoman of the Botswana American Chamber of Commerce. So they've been supporting me to do uh, trips there um, and working with most of the youth uh, and doing a series of uh, seminars in the evenings that was free. And I concluded my, my trip there with a weekend intensive uh, small business camp program. 
So it was a pretty packed day. Um, I was warmly received by the media. I was on several TV shows, uh, newspapers, radio, people stopping me um, in the mall. So uh, there's definitely a hunger for um, entrepreneurial skill sets. I'm excited about being in the country. Wow, you know, and I wonder, what was the country like in response to your small business camp there in comparison to being here in America? Yeah, I mean, um, I really helped them to um, think through their business model because what occurs, and, you know, this is my first trip um, to the continent. I've been working in um, Nigeria as well, in that there's a great deal of um, textbook knowledge, you know, about running a business, but they need people like myself who can kind of come in and kind of give them the, the practical steps based upon where they are. So so I, I really um, help people to really focus on their cash flow, uh, focus on their launch strategy, um, not to get too caught up in technology. You know, there's several people who are trying to do um, mobile app concept for farmers, and they didn't even really realize that a lot of these farmers don't have electricity, they don't have smartphones. The internet access is spotty in those areas. So, you know, I really stress to them what Steve Jobs said. You know, Steve Jobs said that the technology companies have lost billions of dollars being ahead of the customer adoption curve. And so, I just really help them not to get overwhelmed by what they, you know, read in the media or what what's happening in the West, and simply start from where their customers are. Well, well, you know, the, next, the question I have for you is, you know, what opportunities, you know, being that you went to Botswana, it's not your first time to Africa, okay? What opportunities do you think exist in Botswana, Africa, and globally between countries? I happen to be, a, a, I love Western Africa, but I happen to truly, truly love um, Botswana, Namibia, South Africa most definitely, and you know uh, those areas of Africa, but what what made what opportunities do you think exist between the U.S. let's say in Africa or Europe in Africa? What did you see while you were there on the ground that could happen in collaboration? Well, well first of all, I, I tell people that um, you really don't do business in Africa; you really do business in a country, and um, every country is different. And you don't even do a, a business in countries. Um, you do business in cities. You do business in towns. You ultimately do business with people, like the old saying that says that you know, all politics are local. So, so on a very real level, uh, all business concepts are very local. And I've seen entrepreneurs try to translate a concept that worked in Ghana and try in Nigeria, and it fails because they didn't really tune it to the, to the um, local customs. And so the um, it, it's a laundry list of um, of items, and the, the key for people is to do their homework, uh, really understand uh, what the needs are, uh, be there on the ground um, for themselves, and just see how you can begin to um, add value. And so there's tremendous opportunities in the area of tourism, of um, uh, jewelry manufacturing. Um, there's a huge opportunity when it comes to uh, hotels. Uh, when it comes to um, uh, student housing, I'm looking at some student housing projects um, myself right now. Uh, because Botswana is landlocked, um, there's a huge need to import uh, more Western goods. So I'm looking at doing some um, uh, beauty supply products. So, so basically, you, you have a hunger for Western goods. And anyone that can bring items um, into the country uh, cost-effectively, you'll do very well. Wow. 
Jay, I think you had some questions. I'm, yeah, I'm I do. I, I want to ask. And what, what, did you meet um, a lot of young people there? Oh uh, yes, um, I, I, I've. I've developed a very deliberate strategy to to work with the youth in conjunction with the business clinic and the faculty of business at the University of Botswana. You know, I've been constantly uh, uh, doing seminars. Um, you know, average age is probably 25 um, to 30 years old, and they've got the energy. You know, they've got the fire. They're extremely receptive to um, to new concepts and ideas. And, um, you know, they've got that hip-hop culture, that, that hip-hop swag. And so I go out partying with them, and, you know, I'm out there doing a Dougie, the, the whole bit. So they appreciate um, uh, urban culture. They appreciate uh, youth culture. They've got their own style and sense of um, sensibilities, and I've been encouraging them to be able to package that and also export um, their own culture to others around the world. Well, that's, that's in- it's interesting, and... Um I was just wondering, like, did, uh, what if, oh, do they have, like, a different type of energy than would, would be here in our states, United States here? Is there a different kind of hunger or aggressiveness? Are they, uh, are they you know, are they hung, is they have a, a high hunger level for education and the things that you brought there? Yeah, I mean, um, Botswana is, is an interesting country. People often re- refer to it as, as a Switzerland of Africa because uh, all African countries, they have the highest um, per capita GDP. They've got um, billions of dollars in um, foreign uh, cash reserves because they produce nearly 70% of all the world's industrial quality diamonds. They have so much um, surplus cash that they're able to pay for everyone's education, you know, from kindergarten all the way to um, Ph.D. Uh, Health care is also free as well. So um, their success has also um, created a reliance to some degree um, on the government um, for support, and uh, that's why the government has uh, been looking for people like myself to really um, jumpstart that entrepreneurial um, spirit. So this, this is why it's, it's so important that uh, people understand that the local customs and politics and nuances of, of, of every, every country. Because you know, m- work in Nigeria was vastly different, and that country's you know cultural politics and history is different as well, which also creates um, other business opportunities. That's interesting. It's very, it's very interesting. You know, um, when you when you look at what you're sharing, you know, I have an extra question, Jay. You know, one of the things, uh, and all of our travels, you know, Andrew, yours especially, Jay's and mine, we travel extensively, is that that's the one thing that people do not understand is that whether you're in Botswana or Zaire or Kenya or anywhere in Africa or in Europe, whatever, when we think about a continent, we sometimes think it's all the same. And, you know, I wanted to ask you, do, you know, I believe that, you know, in doing business, you have to be respectful of the, the, the country, city, because even a city can have a different culture, and especially in Africa because it's from tribe to tribe. And even, even with different types of cultures in Europe or South America, um, would you agree or disagree that we have to be aware of those and sensitive to those when we are visiting those countries and if we have an intention to connect with the people there to do business? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, you have to be um, sensitive. At at the same time, um, you have to know uh, when to encourage them to be sensitive to your culture. Um, so I've I've been very frank in talking to um, young people about 
about stereotypes. And, and I tell them that, you know, you don't want to run from them. Um, you want to be aware of them and you want to be proactive in, in, um, in dealing with them. And so it's, it's definitely a, um, a give and take. Um, it's, it's definitely a fine line that you um, have to walk. Uh, in Botswana and also in, in many African countries, um, relationships are, are value over transaction. And so they want to develop the relationship uh, with you. They want to get to know you. Let's talk about your family and, and so on before we really begin to do business. And um, I've supported them in that uh, cultural approach. At the same time, I want them to appreciate the speed of business and also be able to uh, incorporate um, some transactional conversations that will help them be able to reach their goals um, that much faster. Um, you know, I, I can actually uh, I can actually agree with that. I mean, doing business with Africa, one of the things I've learned in certain cultures is that they have the African family meeting, which means that the party is invited to the family meeting to get to know the people in the family and then they look at how can we develop business together, you know, things like that. Um, and that's one thing that China does. They believe in relationships over transactional business. So one of the things I wanted to ask about was Team Business Camp, okay? Would you share with our audience what Team Business Camp is? And did you – I know you dealt with youngsters that were like – youngsters, oh, my God, I'm not that old. But um, youngsters who are, you know, were 25 in, in, in Botswana. But did you deal with any teen, teens in Botswana? And can you share with our audience what the Team Business Camp is? Yeah, so um, most of the work I've done with teens has actually been um, here in the U.S. So I have a small business camp for teens uh, summer program I typically do for, for two weeks. And also I have a young CEO program, which I've done uh, at various high schools across the country. And that's just really, you know, an outgrowth of, of my love for, um, you know, teens and just helping them begin to become a, a lot more engaged. There's so much research that shows that the young people who are disengaged just become a tremendous uh, burden on society moving forward. And I'm able to engage them by simply um, first honoring their thoughts, honor their values, honor their creativity, and help them package that for profit. So I can go into any, you know, urban school. I sometimes tell principals, give me the toughest classroom. And within 20 minutes, the kids are transformed because I'm helping them make money. Uh, I'm speaking back to them their music. I'm speaking back to them their culture. And so I'm making learning more relevant. You know, know, one young girl, I'll never forget that, um, you know, fractions and percentages became more meaningful to her when I forced her to calculate what her 15% commission was. And it was amazing that at first she could not get it, but when her money was on the line, she began to calculate what her 15% commission was. That's an example of, of how um, all of us need to make sure that um, our homes um, and our uh, everywhere we go becomes a classroom um, for especially teens. And could you tell us a little bit more um, what what the Teen Business Camp provides specifically for teens and for what it would do for their future also by having this? Yes, yeah, so, yeah, so um, so basically, the Teen Business Camp. Um, I've helped teens, you know, use online marketplaces to be able to take their creativity and sell it to the world. And and they're like amazed. I mean, the, the minds are blown how they can take a slogan that their friends have been using, like swagalicious. How one group take the word swagalicious, we put the word swagalicious on a um, on a T-shirt. Uh, we use uh, cafepress.com. We use Zazzle.com. Uh, wow, and uh, within a half an hour, they had their own online store. Within a half an hour, they were able to send out tweets. 
um, to get wow. people to make a purchase. Uh, within a half an hour, they were able to take their baby pictures and um, put it on, on mugs and, and sell it to their grandparents. I mean, so wow. it's really, you know, simple ideas like that that can be done in a classroom setting that really gets the kids excited. That's ingenious. <laughs> well, you know, Jay, I mean, it brings us back to what we did for our What Is Your Treasure campaign. We used Cafe Press and Zazzle, which was amazing. Right. You know, it's, it's, it's um, wonderful that, that he's doing that. Mm-hmm. Jay, did you have another I, question? I, 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 yeah, I have one more question. Now, I, you know, when I was, you have a wonderful website. And I was looking at it, you know, I was looking at his website, Andrew. And I was wondering, you do things with MP3s. Now, how does that work? What, what, you, you download these MP3s or they have a lesson on them? Could you explain that technique? Like if uh, you send some? Sure. So, you know, uh, one thing I encourage uh, everyone to do is, is to begin to brand their brilliance. Uh, I encourage everyone to become an expert. And the easier to become an expert is to uh, create a product. And your product could be an audio uh, book, an MP3 file. Uh, your product could be an ebook. You know, those are all simple uh, concepts you can actually get done in a weekend. And the formula is for you to pick a niche, you know, find people that have a problem, and just talk about different ways to solve that problem, and then simply package that and use that um, for sale, or you could simply use it as a way to build up your database. Uh, many people are doing online, they're not effective at online marketing because they're building pretty websites, but they're not actually building their database. And I tell people uh, that your database is a lot more valuable than simply having a pretty website. So I have an ugly website. My, you know, uh, Thank you for uh, your comments about it, but I spent maybe 50 bucks for the header, and everything is pre- pretty much bland. It's simply a blog website. But that website, because of the way it's designed, there's videos on it, I'm putting uh, new articles on there. Um, Google ranks my website, will index my site every three hours. And so what's incredible is that if I put some content on my site within three hours, you can type up that content again, and Google has found it. And so everyone needs to have a site where they've got video content, where they've got um, uh, conversations um, going on. People are spending more time on your site, and also just having a conversation around the problem that you solve. It's so true. It's so true because I did Google you uh, earlier today, and it definitely came right up. Right, <laughs> right, right. It, it does. It definitely does. Even, um, even, even now, um, my stuff in Botswana, which, which doesn't even make any sense, that um, I'm seeing if you type the word Botswana in business, like my page is coming up even higher than the government pages. You know, wow. that's just the power of using online marketing more effectively. Oh, yeah. You know, and, and that's, that's my next um, question. You know, Jim, let's put a little question in here. Um, I wanted to ask you something. I'm going to go back to the team business, but then I wanted to ask you another question. You know, Andrew, how does the team business camp play a role in the partnership with parents and teens? I would think it would strengthen it. Oh, yeah, uh, you know, absolutely, because it's not really um, business I'm teaching. I'm really teaching life skills. I'm really teaching uh, conflict resolution. Um, I'm really, you know, uh, teaching um, strategic um, um, planning, strategic thinking as well. And so there's a whole host of um, life skills that, that, that come into play that um, helps a teen uh, navigate the, the difficulties. I mean, just the, the, the pressures that teens are under right now, it's, uh, it's incredible. Um, and, you know, we need to find ways for them to um, express their pain and then just give them a step-by-step plan on how to, you know, release that pain and show them how they're going to be able to use that to be even a greater person in the future. 
Well, you know, one of the, the next questions that I had was, I was going to go into box one, but I think I'm going to change my question. You, know, you talked about something very powerful. You know, a lot of people have people that do their social media for them, which, I, you know, I'm kind of in the same uh, area of business that you are, Andrew. And I find that great, and I find it not so great. One of the things I love about you, Andrew, and I don't know how you do it, you have a family, you have things that you have to do, you know, personally and professionally. Anytime anyone contacts you, you are so quick to respond, whether it's Twitter, Facebook, a direct email, or whatever. I have to ask you how you do that because, you know, you are you're the man who's traveling all the time. You're advising, you're consulting, you're going to countries. Can you advise a business owner how you do it and what you do? Do you have people that work with you on your social media, or do you handle it all your own? That's a that's a, a great uh, question, <laughs> and uh, to give you the, uh, the the interesting answer is that, <clears throat> and, and this isn't something I've uh, uh, I've deliberately positioned myself, but there are a lot of people who meet me, and I don't think I come across that this way, but people tell me after we become friends after a while, they say, Andrew, you know what? The first time I heard you speak, or the first time I met you, I was kind of scared to even contact you. <laughs> so. Uh, for, for some reason, I'm giving off a sense to a number of people that you know what, don't contact me unless you're serious, which is kind of which is kind of a good thing. So everyone thinks I'm extremely busy, which to some degree I am, but um, I do have a lot more free time than people realize, only because I'm able to develop a um, a lifestyle business. So I feel the first step is that you have to you have to have a posture where people who contact you, um, and, and it goes back to. Uh, against the grain of what some of my colleagues um, in Africa are doing, where it's a transactional relationship, where you're contacting me. I'm not looking to get to know you. I need to know how I can serve you and, and what's the transaction. That's the first thing. It's really um, how you position yourself in the marketplace. The next thing I do that my clients have uh, teased me about is that I don't answer an email in more than you know one or two sentences. I mean, people send me four or five paragraphs about X, Y, and Z, and I simply give them, here's a sentence, one, two sentence, you know, and people kind of tease me. And then it's funny how when I do send you a long paragraph, people say, why, Andrew, you must have been mad, and, and they're probably right. So if I have to write out three or four paragraphs to you, I'm actually pretty upset. I'm, I'm trying to be as diplomatic as possible. So, you know, uh, have a posture. Have a posture that people come to you for, for transactions. Um, number two is to just keep your responses uh, um, brief, and number three is that you want to you, you want to automate the process. And this is why I like to use um, Hootsuite.com. Or people think I'm always on Facebook, I'm always on on Twitter, and so H O T S U I T E dot com. That's Hootsuite.com, and I'll write tweets like on a Sunday, maybe ten of them or so. And I'll simply let them go out on a regular basis. So ultimately, you need to allow social media to serve you. Um, people have ranked me as one of the top social media experts to, to follow. And it was interesting. Um, I was part of a, um, a story of Black Enterprise magazine. And out of all the 10 people, I had the lowest number of followers. So everyone else had like 30,000 or more followers on Twitter, where I only have like 4,000 followers. And what that speaks to is actually quality. And I've been very fortunate to have uh, newspaper reporters and editors, people in the media who actually follow me because I'm always giving out good content. And so I want people to stop trying to sell and simply give out good content. By giving out good content, then people will want to engage you uh, 
on social media. You know, Andrew, I have to just quantify that by saying absolutely. First of all, I use Hootsuite, and I absolutely love Hootsuite. It's excellent, and it's, um, you can do it on a timely basis. It's great. The second thing, you know, I want to just say again to you for sharing this with our audience is that, you know, you're so on point, you know. It's, the, it's not the amount of people. I know uh, you're familiar, and, um, Andrew, with Gary Vanichuk. Um Yeah. And, and Gary is, you know, he's another one who's excellent with social media, but, again, he says it has to work for you. It doesn't matter who it is. It's the, it's the influencer. It's the person that connects with you. Um, the, so, the, um, Jay, I know that you had another question for him, so I don't want to hog up all the questions with Andrew. Yeah, I, wanted to, I just wanted to, I always wondered, Andrew, and I wanted to ask you this, the time you were here before. I get a chance to ask you, are marketing strategies are forever forever changing each year, or do you need to tune it up every six months? That's a, that's a great question. Um, you're really only tuning it up based upon um, customer um, attitudes, um, needs. You know, um, business is really all about timing, and, and you need to make sure that your marketing message um, is being delivered um, in the right package uh, during the right time. Uh, my background is actually database marketing, and so you know, I built a big company in the past called Nia Direct, where we, we did direct mail marketing to uh, consumers. And um, I lost a lot of money when Princess Diana died. I mean, when Princess Diana died, I was crying more than anybody else because I had gestured a mailing to 2 million people. So I just sent out a mailing to 2 million people two days before she died, and I knew that when there's a national tragedy uh, or a global tragedy like that, people aren't responding to mail. Uh, people mm-hmm. aren't buying things. All right? So you have to kind of just really have a good sense of the timing of your market. You know, if you're selling self-improvement products, the best time to sell it is January and September. Um, oftentimes, many entrepreneurs are struggling because um, they're in the wrong season. You know, um, you're wearing a oh, winter wow. jacket when it's actually the summertime. And so you have to make sure that you're in the right season uh, with the right message. And that's, that's why it needs to, to some degree, just be tweaked, um, be modified based on that. Wow. That is so interesting. That is so interesting. So I just wanted to add, uh, Gail. So basically um, you, you, the season is important. It's almost you kind of have to be a forecaster. And it's kind of like, you have to kind of know what's going on. And that's very interesting that you have to be careful when Princess Diane passed. It affected a lot of other products out there because everybody's focused on someone else. So I just thought that was right. great. Yeah, that is excellent. Um, you know, one of the things is, you know, as all of us here, you know, are in the marketing in some sort of way, um, how does your marketing advising for small people, for a small business, excuse me, let's say, and a musical artist launching their career different? And, Andrew, if you wouldn't mind, this is a section where I would, if you wouldn't mind giving just like a, a little bit of, you know, marketing uh, example to, let's say, launch a small business and also a marketing example to launch a music artist. If they're the same or vastly different. You know, they are different only to the um, extent that when it comes to uh, music, you want to have, um, you know, uh, when it comes to music, the, the hardest part is just finding a, finding a customer. 
and, and you know that's the difficulty with, with all businesses, but um, but music is even um, more difficult because it, it's it's not easy to find a, um, an, an email list of people who like who like your type of music. Now, what you could do is find other artists uh, who are similar in, in genre and really begin to uh, to piggyback on them. But you know, I've worked with a couple of um, uh, recording artists, and you know, let me kind of give you an overview of my approach to them. You know, first of all, I, I help my all of my creative clients, whether they're music or writers, um, I help them to not get caught up with the gatekeeper. Um, they're these gatekeepers. They're A&R folks. They're, they're agents. They're, they're publishers. Um, they're production companies who finance movies who actually have the power to green light um, your vision. And I like to put my clients in, in a position where you begin to green light your, um, your own project because on a fundamental level, and I, I, I've even heard this from major gatekeepers in Hollywood, no one knows what a hit is. No one really knows. Um, what they do know is how people respond to you. And so what you want to do, and go back to social media right now, because I, I've seen people, you know, they w- work their way up to the 50th floor to meet with this top executive, and as soon as they get there, the person wants to pull up your YouTube um, video. They want to look at your Twitter stream. And if you don't have that, that groundswell of support uh, on the street, then you're never really going to make a, um, make a deal. And so I, I felt my artists uh, really focus on building a database. I make sure that, that they are available on iTunes and other online marketplaces like um, CD Baby. It's so, so, so amazing how many artists are trying to get this record deal, trying to get the perfect demo when they can start selling um, their own products on uh, iTunes. Um, in addition, they start to get the, uh, a YouTube video um, plays, and then I help them to you know plan their own um, plan their own events in, in different venues. Um, there's a real hunger um, for live music again. It's like the, the pendulum has, has swung back, and so I've helped artists do you know national even international tours. And when you do those tours, you make sure you invite those A and R people. Uh, who first turn you down. Um, you invite some of those um, radio people. And when they begin to watch the crowd and see the crowd respond to your creativity, that's how the deal is made. You know, you know, people don't realize that, you know, all of Tyler Perry's success was based on the fact that the folks from Lionsgate who have funded all of his films, they were in his audience. And they sat back and they saw how people responded to the stage play. So you know what? We'll take a risk on this guy. And um, it wasn't even really a risk because he already had a built-in audience. And so my message to all my um, uh, creative artists out there is uh, let's green light your, your own success by building your database, by using YouTube, by using iTunes, by doing live shows, by doing merchandising, um, selling products, because you have to be in this game for a long time. It's, it's like 20 years it takes to become an overnight success. And so just be committed to the process, and success will be yours. And how does that differ from the launch of a small business, Andrew? Right. Um, a small business, um, you don't have to be as um, as glamorous um, or as well-known. Uh, you don't have to really strive for uh, uh, publicity. You can really pick uh, one or two interesting uh, um, projects. Um, you know, I was able to build, you know, a $5 million company just with 20 people, uh, 20 people meaning 20 clients, these 20 clients happen to be brand managers of, of major uh, packaged goods companies, and these 20 people each had a budget of almost $25 million uh, each person. But um, a small business, you could become very, very focused. You can cherry pick and say, you know what, I'm going to deliver 
um, you know, IT services to hospitals. And all you need to do is to develop an advisory board of the chief technical officer at various hospitals, listen carefully to what their uh, needs are, uh, listen carefully to their frustrations, and offer a, a custom solution. And so I've got co- I have colleagues of mine who are doing $50 million, $100 million a year in business, and no one knows them because they operate under the radar screen. They work with a handful right. of people who have b- big budgets and big problems. I love it. I love it. Andrew, this is why, you know, I'm so, I have to say it like this, uh, audience. I've known Andrew for 20 years. You are the man. There's, there's, no, there's, there's a reason, you know, and I just want to say to our audiences, you know, this sounds easy for Andrew, but Andrew has worked very hard with his business to gain the insight and the experience, and he puts it into application. And I think that's really important. And, Andrew, I just want to acknowledge you again for the amazing work you've done with people in the community, people around the world. Well, uh, you know, uh, thank you so much because uh, you and I, we go back to the Black Expo days. You remember me when I was just out of college. I'm, I'm going to these Black Expos around the cities, around the country. I can't even afford to, um, to stay in a hotel. I'm sleeping in ho- hotel lobbies. I mastered the art of finding a big hotel, and I, I learned how to get two or three hours sleep in different sections because the, the security guard would uh, rotate. And I would go to one section of the hotel, get three or four hours sleep. Security guard would wake me up, and I would tell the security guard, oh, my roommate, um, he locked me out. Um, he, uh, I'm waiting for him to come back. And then I would go to a different section of the hotel, get another three or four hours sleep. Uh, then I would shower in, 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 a, in a local YMCA. And so, um, so you know, uh, Gail, you know, as they say, you know, started from the bottom, and um, now we're here. But, you know, the key for everyone is that we all start from the bottom. And if you look at it, you know, there really is no bottom, uh, meaning that the same values, the same skills that you have at the bottom, you still have them at the top. So you, so you don't really change. I mean, people who've known me no. for a long time have known that I've been saying the same thing over and over again. They said, now I have a larger platform or a different platform to, um, to play with. And so I want people to realize that um, as you begin to um, grow without um, your growth within is really based upon you simply uh, stepping out, uh, reaching more, and serving more. I, I just have to say you're inspiring. You always have been. And, you know, it's just, you know, it's great that I even get to share, you know, share you as a guest here with Jay and all of our audience because it's, um, you know, as I said, you know, like you said, Andrew, we've done our time for a very long time. And it's, you have to keep at it. Jay has done his time for a very long time, and you can never give up on your dream. Jay, I know you had another question for Andrew as well. Yes, I did. I had uh, a question of back to the music thing, and I was just wondering, like, uh, are artists, music artists needing to change their marketing plan every three months because the music industry, because of the music industry evolving? Is that something that an artist needs to do? And the second part of that question is um, um, due, to, due to the fact that now that all of the corporations are downsizing in the music business, does that change your marketing plan? Since there's fewer employees to do things and everything is so uh, online and virtual. Oh, yeah, you know, absolutely. I mean, um, artists are now taking control of the, of the marketing process. So, you know, just because you have a record deal, I've reminded several of my artists, that just means that you're about to go into, you know, go into debt, and uh, you have to really be out there marketing your um, your own brand more so than uh, anything else. But um, you know, 
what's what's really changed, you know, when it comes to artists making money, you know, I've worked with, you know, A-list celebrities to artists who people don't hear about anymore. And um, my main thing is to make sure you're profitable. And you never know who's really making money. I mean, I know some A-list celebrities who are completely broke, uh, cash flow um, negative, and they need to be in the news, and they, they can keep doing a bunch of you know foolish nonsense just to keep the name in the news. And there's some people who you're like, hey, how come I don't hear about you know that person anymore? That person is quietly touring the whole world, getting paid ten grand a pop, you know, you know, going to various colleges. Um, that group that you don't hear anymore is actually you know uh, working the uh, the corporate circuit um, right now. So I really help uh, up and coming artists realize that let's just focus on the revenue. Uh, don't focus so much um, on the fame. Because a lot of people who are famous, but they're broke. Right. Yes. Yes. Oh. Oh my goodness. Well, you know, one of the things, you know, um, you know, as you know, Jay is in the music industry, and as I go between the music industry, nonprofit, Fortune 500, and several other industries except finance, I can't stand finance. But um, you know, one of the things I find, you know, because yeah, it's just, I'm sorry. It's just, it's, you know, Andrew, you have us thinking here. We, you know, we had questions for you, but you have us thinking, and that's a good thing. I'm going to go into my next question, Andrew, and, this, and I think this is important, very important about talking about writing and, and also being an expert. Would you mind sharing with us a little about the Write Your Book in 30 Days Challenge and, a little, and, and, and a, about a key to writing a book in 30 days and how people can get involved with your program around that? Sure. You know, I, I like to issue challenges because many people are simply sitting on their gifts, they're sitting on their talents. You know, they say the graveyard is the most uh, valuable um, place on the planet because there's so many treasures that went buried, um, you know, with the individual. You know, I, I wow. serve as a, as a deacon in my church, Abyssinian Baptist Church. You know, it's fairly large, and there's a funeral every week, you know. And um, as I get older, I just see my clients making a transition. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone's at the funeral crying, but I, I'm mad. I want to take the coffin because I know about the book. I know about the movie. I know about the events. I know about all the stuff that you are, um, that you are fitting to do, but you never really got done. And, and so I like to create these challenges. I like to create intensive three days, intensive 30 days, get it done 90 days, because um, time can become our greatest friend. Right now, it's our greatest enemy because every moment um, of your life is being snatched away. You need to make sure that you, you maximize the time that's um, that's available uh, to you. So, write your book in 30 days. It's a Facebook group. You can go on Facebook, type wow. type the words, write your book in 30 days. And notice how I I named the group as a benefit. I want people to just you know capture that marketing lesson that when you name something, the most powerful name you can give to anything, whether it's your website, you know, it's a book, is a benefit. So I, I didn't say you know author circle. Um, I said write your book in 30 days. So people who come to me are coming um, for a benefit to get a book done in 30 days. Um, with no marketing, you know, we we have almost like 3,000 people uh, who are part of this group. Every three or four months, we issue another challenge. We'll be doing one in January as well, where it's basically a support group. And all of us need someone uh, who will hold us accountable to our highest and best. And everything I do, I just simply try to raise the bar 
and encourage people to uh, stretch out. It's not really even on faith. It's, it's, you know, faith is a big word people use often, but it's really stretching out on what's already inside of you. It's really um, releasing what's inside of you, and the Write Your Book in 30 Days program really um, helps to make that happen. When it comes to a quick tip on how to get your book done, because keep in mind, I've got some people who, um, the experts out there who, who have taken years to write their books. Um, some of them have challenged me online by saying, you know, this is a fraud. You can't get a book done in 30 days. I took three years to get my book done. And I tell people that the book I want you to write is a book that's already inside of you, that this is basically a nonfiction book. This is basically an expert book. And if you're a plumber, there's 101 things you know about plumbing. If you're an accountant, there are 101 things. And so the easy book I help my clients write is basically a tips book where all you're simply doing is you're writing 57 ways to plan your next party. You're an event planner. Let's write this book because guess what? The purpose of the books I help my clients write is not to become a New York Times bestseller. The purpose of the book is to uh, get you a contract, and you get the contract because you wrote the book. Got it. Wow. Well, I uh, I don't think you could have been more clearer than that. Um, we have one last question each for you, um, Andrew. Can you stay on with us for that one last question? Sure, absolutely. Okay. Well, the thing I had to ask you is um, – actually, no, I'm cheating, Andrew. There's three. Um, one from me and Jade and one together. Um, we w- I wanted to know, could you share some of the history you learned while in Botswana – and let people know where it's located, because some people don't know. And, you know, just some of the opportunity you saw there. I mean, I know you did a small business camp. You went with the people involved. But what did you see there as opportunity, not just for yourself, for everyone? Yeah, I mean, um, what I'm planning to do, or to answer your first question, um, when I mentioned to people uh, Botswana, they say Bosnia? I said, no, I said Botswana. They say Botswana? <laughs> All right. So, so, so basically, um, as Americans, we definitely need to um, up our um, uh, um, geographic skills. But um, Botswana is right above um, South Africa. All right, and, and so it's a landlocked country. When you have um, Namibia toward your left and Zimbabwe toward their um, right, and so it's right there above um, South Africa. Um, Almost 80% of the economy is based on mining. Um, almost 80% of the economy is based upon government spending. You have a rising middle class, and so with this rising middle class, there's a huge demand um, for goods and services that meet the middle class. Um, so this is why people say, well, Andrew, you know, what business should I start in Botswana? It's almost like, well, what business do you want to start? Because to a large degree, whatever concept works here in the U.S. is definitely going to work um, in Botswana. Um, if you were to bring a vegetarian restaurant, you know, you, people say well, many Africans eat meat, but guess what? There are more vegetarians um, in Botswana, and also there are more uh, expatriates moving there um, as well. So it's really, I mean, the only real challenge to doing business in Botswana is really you. You know, um, you have to first make a commitment to focus on one country. Then you've got to, you know, invest in taking trips out there. Then you have to begin to develop some partnerships um, out there. But if you take the trips, develop the partnerships, um, the money is there to fund uh, your dreams, and you just simply need to be ready for it. Mm. 
And then the only second question, Jay, I have, and I know you have one, is we did ask you, I know you said you use Hootsuite as a person who, you know, because like I said, I mean, Andrew, we don't know how you do it. I know you use Hootsuite. But do you have people, do you have like this huge staff that works with you? Because it seems like it. You do a great job at what you do. Yeah, thanks. No, I mean, um, at one point I had a much larger organization, but now I have a number of freelancers who work with me on, on various projects. You know, I, I tell people that the um, the leading cause of death in America is uh, heart disease. The leading cause of death for entrepreneurs is overhead. And people want to make sure they keep their overhead as low as possible. And I bring on different freelancers to work on, on different projects. And so when it comes to the social media, you know, that's something I, I really do myself based upon my own time. Okay, got it. Well, you, have an, you do an amazing job. And I know, Jay, you had one last question. Yeah, this oh, is a question uh, me and Gil kind of had. I, we just wanted to know, um, last but not least, um, how, how long did it take to get there? And was the food good on the plane? Did you get to taste uh, the cuisine of the country on the way there? And, and did you have to taste American food on the way back? I'm just wondering. That's kind of my funny question for you to let us know because I just wanted to know how many hours it took and how was the food. Right, yeah. So it's basically uh, 20 hours uh, to get there. Uh, one flight, well, it's really two flights. Uh, one flight to South Africa is approximately 14 hours, and then you have to get another flight to uh, from South Africa to Botswana, which is like, like an hour. So between, between transfers, um, you're there in um, approximately uh, uh, 20 hours. Um, the food to me, you know, is um, it's pretty good. The uh, the key, though, is to, is to make sure um, you sleep on a plane and, um, and you time your sleep um, to, to kind of begin to match the, um, the waking hours in the country you're about to visit. And also, you know, make sure you don't go to bed, you know, when you land. Uh, be careful about that because then you'll be up all night um, for a while. So, and also, I say the biggest thing is to make sure you exercise a lot while you're on the plane. You know, walk up and down, you know, stretch, and also drink lots of um, water. Yeah. yeah, well, at least I'm glad I did do something right based on what you just said, Andrew. You know, <laughs> I, Jay and I have to ask you: Is there anything you don't know? Because I mean. You know, it's just amazing. We just love having you here, and you know we're going to ask you back the middle of next year. If that's okay with you? Sure, um, absolutely. Um, I don't know enough about um, uh, Renaissance era uh, era paintings, so I'm looking to beef uh, <laughs> up my knowledge of the Renaissance area and those uh, painting. But I just get to um, you know read a lot. You know, um, I'm devouring a, a book a week. And if you look at the average um, American, only reads uh, one book a year. It's, it's not hard to be uh, the smartest um, in your class. Just start reading uh, a lot more. I mean, just just read, read, read. You know, that's really the key. Readers well, are leaders. That's my so. motto. Well, you know, Jay and I are definitely readers, and we make we ensure that our family is too. All I can say is, Andrew, I hope you enjoyed yourself on the show today. And, um, Thank you. Had a great time. Yes, and can you share with people where they can find you? Sure. Uh, you can find me at smallbusinesscamp.com. That's smallbusinesscamp.com. And also at Twitter and also Instagram 
The number two, Andrew Morrison. That's the number two, not TWO, but the number two, Andrew Morrison, on Twitter and Instagram. Well, everyone, we're going to tune out. Jay, Andrew, it's been a blast. I hope everyone uh, enjoyed Andrew. We'll have one more show before the end of the year, and uh, we'll take it out. Merry Christmas, everyone. Bye-bye. Take care. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.